Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Mm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Today's episode of Inside Quotes is brought to you by Burgershire. Hey Jeremy, did you know Burgershire just opened up a new location in New Mushroomton? No, I didn't. That's actually super convenient. I could, I might have to stop in there on my way to work. I know, right? Plus, they're now offering second breakfast. Wow, second breakfast? I didn't think they knew about second breakfast. Well, New Mushroomton has a sizable hobbit population. Makes sense. Anyways, thanks again to Burgershire for sponsoring the show. And be sure to stop in and tell them Inside Quotes sent you. Because at Burgershire, you can have it your way, sire. Ha! <laughs> See what you did there. Wait a minute, what is this? This isn't... This is not right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's not the right movie. What? You said that one movie with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. No, idiot. The Disney one. Yeah. No, no, the Disney Pixar one. Oh. That's more like it. Hello and welcome back to episode 7 of Inside Quotes. I'm your host Jeremy and here with me as always is my fellow film aficionado, older brother, and co-host of the show, Jonathan. Oh, I thought you were about to say Brad Pitt or someone. Brad Pitt? I don't know, that's the no. first name that came to mind. <laughs> I was Brad ruined. Spit? I ruined your intro. <laughs> no, I was good. Um, so Jonathan, how you been? Uh, pretty good, mostly. Just working. Anything new? Working from home. Just just working from home. Watching these great Man. movies on Disney Plus. On the to... clock? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't really watch stuff and 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 work at the same time. Lots of podcasts though, yeah. and movie scores. I've been listening to a lot of Pixar scores, um, at work and stuff, including the movie that we're reviewing today. But Jeremy, what movie? What movie do you have for us today? Okay, so this week we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, I chose a movie that we didn't necessarily grow up with. Normally on this show, we uh, we cover movies that we review movies that were um, a part of our childhood. But this movie came out a month ago, and this movie is Disney Pixar's Onward. That's right. This movie came out on March sixth, twenty twenty, and I actually got to see this movie in the theaters before 
all the theaters closed really? down. Really? Yeah. I actually I did not. I saw this um opening weekend. And I think maybe the week or the week a af- couple weeks after that the theaters got completely shut down. Nope, nobody was going to see it cuz the theater was pretty was pretty empty cuz cuz of the whole pandemic and everything. It was still like early stages at that point, but um <clears throat> but yeah, I went and I saw the movie and I spoiler alert, I really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I told I told Jeremy I told Jeremy he he had to he had to see it, but you ended up having to wait till it came out on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't get around to seeing it for some reason. But I mean, this movie basically had two release dates: April sixth and March twentieth. Because <laughs> I mean, most of the world saw it when it came out on Disney Plus because everybody's locked in their houses right now. Yeah, um, and this is their ultimate quarantine movie that everybody's seen. Oh yeah, um, I've I've heard nothing but good reviews on this, and a lot of bad first impressions. Hmm. So it it like everybody had low expectations going in, and then they ended up loving it. So by first impressions, you mean what they thought of it before they saw it, or just upon right. the first viewing? Um, upon trailer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's talk about that because I, I actually. I actually was pretty excited about this based on like the first trailer that came out. I, mm-hmm. I I had heard that they were making the movie and it was kind of this like fantasy suburban kind of quest type movie kind of thing. And I thought yeah. it kind of sounded kind of cool. And I saw the first trailer and I really, I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool. And it had that, it had a car song in it, that magic song. One of their like songs from the eighties. All their songs are from the eighties, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> And that song actually wasn't in the movie, so I was kind of let down because I was hoping it'd be in there somewhere, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. But but I I thought it was it looked pretty good, and I was kind of excited about it. I didn't necessarily know like oh am I going to go see this in theaters? But if I can go see a Pixar movie in theaters, I'm gonna you know <laughs> I'm gonna try and make it if I can. So I on the other hand was not too excited about this movie. Um, I saw I saw posters of it, and I. Saw like a teaser trailer. I didn't watch the theatrical tra- trailer of it, but I kind of got some like DreamWorks, um, like I, I just noticed it was like mythical and fairy tales, and I know it was an original story, but it just seemed like something that either DreamWorks or Illumination Studios would do, and not Pixar. Ooh, Illumination. Um, I know. I was re- that was my worst fear is that this would turn into an Illumination movie, but. I had pretty low expectations because, to be honest, the past five or so years, besides Coco, there really hasn't been that many good Pixar films. That there weren't many original stories. Yeah, all like sequels. Yeah, the kind of these last maybe five ten years of Pixar, they've been focused on sequels, and I think I think yeah. after Toy Story four, I think from now, like at least for the next, I don't know, phase of <laughs> Pixar movies. They're yeah. really focusing on original stories again. And why this this is another reason why I was worried about it is because Dan Scanlon, the writer and director of this movie, hasn't had that much experience with original stories in Disney in general, but mainly in Pixar. The only movie he's done is Monsters University, I think. And he had his hand in some other Disney straight to VHS sequels, but mm-hmm. specifically no original stories from Disney. The only thing that made me feel good about it was um <clears throat> knowing that Pete Doctor produced it. And Pete Doctor's a pretty safe choice when it comes to Pixar. I mean, he did Monsters, Inc. 
Up and then Inside Out. Which, those are pretty solid. Pretty solid original stories, at least. Mm-hmm. So we have one guy who's only does original stories, Pete. And then we have someone who hasn't done any original story yet. But, so, I mean, they seem to work together since they both have worked on Monsters, Inc. movies. Yeah. Well, the thing is with Pixar, because I, I think Dan Scanlon is still, like, on their, like, creative team. Mm-hmm. So even if they're not credited as a director sure. or writer, they they still have input on all the movies coming through the studio, I think. Maybe not all of them, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're, they're helping just out with the head honcho. Ones. Yeah. As far as a director, all he's done is Monsters University prior to this. Um, And I love that movie. That's an underrated one, I think. (laughs) I think um, I I don't know what it is about it. I put that movie in like the Iron Man three category (laughs) where I think it's like (laughs) way better than most people think it is. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I think it's underrated. The sequels have a bad rap. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, don't get us wrong. Pixar movies are perfect no matter what. Unless your car's two, <laughs> Pixar movies are going to be good. But I, I kept on getting worried about how forgettable this movie could be since it's coming out in the spring as opposed to the summer or fall. It's not really big movie season. And especially since they have a ske- scheduled scheduled release for Soul this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't, I didn't want this to turn into a good dinosaur inside out situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like the consensus is m- most people are more excited about soul to come out later this year. And I think of the two, if you'd asked me just based on the premise, I probably would have said I was more excited about onward. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I kind of avoided trailers. Mm-hmm. So now that I've seen the trailer, I would have been like, okay, Mythical creatures in a modern world, that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of having another musical a musical movie, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of avoiding trailers for that, too. Yeah. Um, the animation in Soul, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll cover it when it comes out, but the animation in Soul, the in-person animation looks really good, but I don't like the, the Soul part. It just doesn't look that good to me. But that's first impression for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see it's, that. It's going to be a high concept movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is, this that one one is was... going to be directed by Pete Doctor, I think. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's going to be good. I'm not going to not see a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating. <laughs> but I did lose a little bit of trust for these upcoming films in the past recent years. Well, I have seen... Um... Some people saying that this movie wasn't marketed very well. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know how to judge that or say if it was or wasn't. I had heard about it. I'd seen trailers. Um, I think yeah. one thing that people thought, I don't know, this movie, its animation style kind of looks more like a traditional, like what, Disney film, Dis- Disney animated, DreamWorks animated it. It, it seems like it's in the frozen universe. It doesn't have that pic, like that Pixar kind of stylized visuals kind of look. To yeah. It. Um, but it still, it still looks amazing and looks great. It, um, it, it's pretty beautiful, but it does kind of, it kind of does blend in more with like the Disney catalog than it does the Pixar kind of thing. So maybe that's, maybe people weren't aware that it yeah. was a Pixar movie. I don't know. 
Okay, so at the beginning, in the opening credits, it says Disney and Pixar presents. Okay. Is that in every Pixar movie now? Or um, I know just because Disney and Pixar are, are one company, but. I don't know. I'd have I've to go back really, and look. I've always seen Disney Pixar. Mm-hmm. That, but it says from Disney and Pixar. I think at first. So it, might, it might be a joint effort. Well, I mean, I know that they they join it. I mean, that they're that Disney owns Pixar. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes they do kind of different things. Like where they let the studio kind of operate as its own. For example, the new Star Wars movies, those don't have the Cinderella castle at the beginning, you know, Walt Disney logo. It just opens up with Lucasfilm Limited production. Right. And it goes into it, um, even though Disney owns it. Same thing with Marvel. Um, Maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe in the credits and stuff, maybe it maybe it says, you know, Walt Disney production, Pixar Studios Mm -hmm. presents, you know, I don't know. But I mean, they're all owned by the same same person. Hey, actually, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Dan Scanlon. It says his birthday is June 21st. Hey, that's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You know who else in this movie has the same birthday as me? Who's that? Chris Pratt. Oh, he's in this movie? <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't think he was. <laughs> no, Chris Pratt is definitely, he's in, a, he's in a minor role. But yeah, yeah, Chris Pratt and I have the same birthday. And apparently now... uh Dan Scanlon, we should have we should all have a party, invite people over for some cake if yes. they like it. <laughs> invite the gang over. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to know if they wanted to come over tonight and get down on some cake. <laughs> <laughs> people do not say stuff like that. Uh, so, what did you think about uh, Chris Pratt in this movie? I will say he is getting overused a lot, like yeah. in mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy and. I mean, he was great in Guardians of the Galaxy. I will say that. Um, but he's also in like Jurassic World. He's been in Lego Movie. He's in a lot of stuff now because he's like the A-list actor. Yeah. He did fit so well in this in this role. Yeah. Uh, once I heard his voice as the older brother, I couldn't unhear it with anybody else. The only other thought I would have is Jack Black. But it's got to be he's he's yeah, got the fun loving older too. brother voice, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and Tom Holland in this movie, I didn't even I knew it was him, but he didn't have his Spider-Man accent or his actual London accent. So I didn't really notice it was him. I kind of like this was definitely Ian and not Tom Holland mm-hmm. speaking to me. Yeah. But I mean, you definitely could tell it was Chris Pratt. But I wasn't even mad about it because that this is his character. Yeah, I think one of my fears going into it was like, oh, it's Chris Pratt. He's just going to be like playing himself like he, you know, and yeah. speaking into what you've been saying about kind of the oversaturation that he's in everything and whatnot. But I mean, watching it, I loved his character. This I thought was he played written it for Chris Pratt. Yeah, I thought he played it real well. Um, He was. Yeah, just, I, don't, I don't have anything bad to say. <laughs> I mean, he was, yeah. he was perfect for it. <laughs> Tom Holland was great too. There's there's a lot of good, a lot of good uh, characters in this movie, but obviously it's centered on the brothers, much like <laughs> us. Um, so we we were talking about animation a little bit a little while ago. Um, did you notice anything a little bit different in this animation? Okay, so I got I got huge Zootopia vibes. Okay, from this movie, 
Um, that's why I was like, this is definitely a Disney film. Cause that kind of, that kind of has like a, a, it's like in a city urban setting too, right? Suburban yes. setting kind of. Yeah. It's more modernized. This is fairy tale and mythical creatures, mm-hmm. but it's more modernized. And then that that's modernized animals that are acting as humans. Yeah. Um, both very high concepts. Um, that's where the Pixar stuff comes in. Like it's a, it, it doesn't become a Pixar movie until there's that one thing, you know, that clicks. Mm-hmm. I did like how um, in the recent years, animation has gotten more beautiful than it ever has. Um, you can see that in Frozen 2. You can see it in Moana. Um, Toy Story 4 had some great, it, it looked like it was shot with a camera. Yeah, some of those scenes um, for sure beautiful animation and this one has just as good only i th- there's a couple things where i thought it was a little too real <laughs> okay and it kind of freaked me out a little bit mainly the manticore mascot suit okay that looked too real for me it the i don't know did not look like a cartoon huh um another, another thing the red dragon smoke at the end. So cool to watch that. Was, oh man. And lately they've gotten more in the most, in the more recent years, they've added more like luminance and colors in the lighting. You know what I'm saying? Luminance. So, like, you're you're going to have to explain that word to me. <laughs> oh, okay. So luminance, I'm a photographer. I edit a lot of photos. That's a that's a photo word, Photoshop word. Um, so luminance is the color of light on your face, basically, okay. in a nutshell. Uh, not on your face, just like shining off of something. So it's like reflecting off of an object. Okay. So in this case, uh, they were at a stoplight, and you could see red on their faces. And then when it turned green, you could, it was green. And that's gotcha. when you know. They didn't even – that was so subtle – and really, they could have gotten away without it, but it was the detail and the animation in these new movies are just killer. I'm a big fan of that. So overall, this movie, I had really low expectations for this movie. I don't know why. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know why I had low expectations for this movie, but I was wrong. And this movie is so good. I just want to scream. <laughs> well so i wanted to ask i mean where do you kind of where do you put this on your list of pixar movies i can't do that like we'll be I, here for look i don't we'll be here for another hour i'm not asking for you know the actual number rank i mean just like is this a is this a top five top 10 top 15 what have they made like 20 how movies? many are there 20 something i think uh, no i don't think there's 20 yet it's been 20 years okay whenever i talk about ranking Pixar movies mm-hmm. all Toy Story films are out of the question yeah 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 okay no matter what your opinion is on Toy Story it, it, it it's irrelevant it's its own tier because <laughs> it's its own tier except for Toy Story 4 we'll talk about that <laughs> triggered <laughs> get them no so disregarding the Toy Story films I would say still probably like ah I don't know I want to say top 10, but mm-hmm. I don't think so. 
Um, out of all, let's say, okay, so the past, since 2015, with Onward and Good Dinosaur, this little Pixar era, I think it's second place. As opposed so to, we've what, got, what, Coco or something? Coco is definitely my number one yeah. out of the past five years. That that movie's flawless. Don't at me. That movie's so great. Um, Toy Story 4 is great. But it's irrelevant. <laughs> not in the list. That's a Toy Story movie. <laughs> Finding Dory, I absolutely just did not like at all. And yeah. That's a hot take, I know. Did not like Finding Dory. Um, Inside Out. Whew, this is this is even a hotter take. I'm not a huge fan of Inside Out. Yeah, I I feel like I need. I've only seen that one one time, and I did enjoy it. Um, but I don't really remember it that well. And some people talk about it like Everybody it's loved it. like it's like up there with Monsters Inc. and The Incredibles and Toy Story. And it's it's just I don't know. It's it was very good. It's such a high concept of a film. It's it's good. Yeah. But I just couldn't latch on to it. There wasn't that Pixar click yeah, in I, my mind. I need to rewatch that and one I again. Think, but, but yeah. I, I do too. I do. Um, but Inside Out is some people's favorite Pixar movie, and I just don't get the hype. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's because it's all centered around an intangible item or person. It's, it's, the fo- it's focused on someone's brain. This is why I'm kind of worried about soul. It's going to be – it's got major Inside Out vibes. Yeah. Um, but I just – the intangible concepts I'm not a fan of, like in cars, you have actual cars that are being people. You're around that. Mm-hmm. Even though you're around your emotions and stuff, you don't see them in real life. So you can't really have an image. So it's like they're creating their own image of emotions. Yeah. Which it, they did a good job with it, I'm sure. But like, I don't know. Well, what's another one? Of those? Oh, um, I mean, I, I don't want to spend too too much time on this. I just wanted to throw that at you. So we'll we'll talk about it more when we cover Inside Out. I I would say for me, I mean, I think the golden age of Pixar kind of ends at like after Toy Story 3. And then it kind of enters into like a new phase, you know? Well, it's... But I would say... No, the phase kind of started around cars, I'd say. Oh, oh, six. Yeah, but Toy Story 3 is the cutoff and then Cars 2 is the next one. (laughs) Cars... Right, right, right. Cars 2. I... I, The first Cars... I'm saying like up to A Bug's Life to the incredibles that's like the best of the best cream of the crop yeah and then cars came out and it was like oh this is so good mm-hmm. but then the next couple movies a lot of people didn't like as much um my hottest take of all i think ratatouille is my favorite pixar film of all time okay okay but we'll get to that another time it's <laughs> <laughs> a trigger any of you fans i feel like most people <laughs> won't agree with it but they'll understand that if that makes people sense. understand it, I have a good explanation for it, but and you won't get that until we cover Ratatouille. Yep. Um, I would just say that this, this is probably like, it's probably not in the top 10 for me, but as far as like kind of the bottom half of the Pixar slate, it's probably near the top. It's up there. <laughs> it's yeah, definitely it's, it's, one of the best in recent years um, up there with Coco and yeah. um, I guess uh, um, Inside Out. Toy Story 4. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pixar movies are just so good mm-hmm. in general. So you just, just because we rank this one low on the list doesn't mean we hate it or it's a bad movie. That just means like, out of all the amazing movies, this movie is amazing-ish. <laughs> well, and, and another thing I wanted to kind of bring up, because I think, I think what makes this movie like a step up 
is the ending. Yeah, this is one of those movies where it's kind of mediocre the whole way through, and it's just like it's a joke. It's very here, good. joke there. It's very enjoyable, but what really like sells you on it is the ending. I feel like the ending yeah. is very, very well. It's it, um, oh boy, <laughs> that that ending hits you like a brick wall. Yeah, I think I think everything is kind of foreshadowed appropriately leading up to the end, and I think the the ending was just executed perfectly yeah um i really enjoyed it definitely it. tears on your heartstrings in a good way did did you uh let me ask you this question jarrah did you tear up at all yeah it's a pixar movie so yeah we i did ask that. i did i teared up both times i watched it actually i i was with people mm-hmm. at the time and i don't if i'm watching a movie by myself i will definitely tear up but i did tear up a little bit not as much as coco but mm-hmm. I think that's how we rank Pixar movies is how much we tear up. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't really recall tearing up. Well, the, okay. The only other movie that I have teared up in a Pixar movie is toy story three. That was very, yeah. That one hits you hard. That one hits oh, you man. hard. And that's not a brick wall. That's a full on train. Yeah. And again, we'll talk about all these movies, but, um, <laughs> eventually I love Pixar so much. Um, Pixar is Pixar is a gift to humanity. It is. But I was curious, I wanted to get your thoughts on on how the ending, because I feel like what makes the movie, like, it, it raises it up to a higher status is the ending. And can you think of other movies like that, where it's like, it's good, it's enjoyable, but until you get that ending, that's what, like, made it great. Like, I feel like there's lots of examples. Now about, you see me. Now you see me. <laughs> no, no, that movie is so great, no matter what. <laughs> Cut that out. Um. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. We have to watch. We watched that recently. Because I mean, uh, there is a movie that there, comes to mind, but I can't. There's tons of Go movies. Right there's tons of movies that like just get ruined by a bad ending. You know, and it can and just like if you don't like the way it ends, then it kind of spoils the rest of the movie for you, and you just don't enjoy it. But but I'm trying to think uh, of examples where like it had such a good ending, but like the middle wasn't maybe the most compelling. <laughs> I got it. Rogue One. Rogue One. Okay. <laughs> Rogue One sucks until that end. I I hate. I, I I do not like Rogue One. Really. But I love that last scene. Mm-hmm. It just. It's not Star Wars. It's. Or. It's not Star Wars. It's. Rogue One. <laughs> it's a side story. It's very different. It's not really. It's so different. And it's kind of boring. Cinematography is really beautiful. I will say that. Yeah. But. It just wasn't. The pew, 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 you know? I, yeah. I, I think I can agree with you on that. Although I do like Rogue One. I think I like it more than you do. Um, it is very different. I like different. Solo more than Rogue One. Wow. I know. I know. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I can see that because it is very different. And it, it I think it can be kind of slow at the beginning. Um, but I do enjoy it. It's, I think it's one that's definitely grown on me a lot too, as I've watched it. I think it gets better. I think I was the opposite on that. Cause yeah. the more I watched it, the more, the less I liked it. Mm. I was, I, and I was looking back on this, um, on my second watch of this, this movie. Cause I watched it once in theaters and then once on Disney plus preparing for this episode, um, seeing how it held up. And I, I thought it held up pretty well, actually. I, I still really enjoyed watching it a second time. It's still yeah, I didn't change movie. my mind at all. Mm-hmm. 
maybe it takes a third time, but <laughs> <laughs> haven't gotten tired of it. It might, yet. it might take a third time, but um, right now it's it's still fresh in my mind, and I'm still on the movie watching high. Mm-hmm. But it's it holds up for now. We'll we'll revisit this later <laughs> in a couple months when Soul comes out. <laughs> so, Jeremy, did you see the twist coming at the end? I didn't see it coming necessarily. I knew something. What I thought was going to happen was they were going to have him for 30 seconds and he was going to say one big line and that would have been like the quote of the movie, you know, but I did not notice. I didn't realize that was going to happen, but I also tried not to think about it because I wanted to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I usually, I'm not one to um, try and figure out the ending while I'm watching it and seeing, Oh, they said this, this is going to come back later, but um, I did catch on the, uh, the splinter thing. I was like, that's going to be, Oh, okay. That's going to be something. Yeah. That was, that was a very subtle, very subtle foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Um, they said it, I didn't realize it the first time, but they said it twice. They talked, they referenced the splinter twice. And normally that'd be tacky, but it's not, it's good. Yeah. Cause they, they showed, they, cause Barley got one at the beginning and he just took it out. Right. But then mm-hmm. later, um, Ian gets it. And then, but yeah. it's just, he just has it in the palm of his hand the whole time until he loses it. And then <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to concentrate on anything. I'd be like, hold up, stop the movie. I need to get this splinter out. So I didn't see, I didn't really know how the movie was going to end. If they were going to see the dad or not. I did mm-hmm. the moment I realized that he was going to kind of realize his brother was like his father figure. Ian's father figure, Barley, um, mm-hmm. was when they're, they're on the, the, the Cheeto, you know, blown up, going yeah, down the river, yeah. the water kind of thing. And they're playing catch. And I remembered that that was on his list. Yeah. And it's not too long after that, that he kind of realizes like, oh, all these things on the list I've been doing with Barley this whole time, you know. But that's the point where yeah. I saw that, that kind of storyline kind of coming together. Um, I didn't really know like, oh, he, he's not, Ian's not going to see his dad. You know, I didn't see that coming. I, yeah, I definitely thought they were both going to see him mm-hmm. and he was going to say like the one liner, mm-hmm. um, but no. And, and the the ending was just like, so like bittersweet. I don't know. I just like worked, it was satisfying. It just worked so like, per, like perfectly. I don't know. Yeah. And I liked how we were, you didn't hear what they were saying, yeah. what Barley and his dad were saying. You were with Ian experiencing that moment with Ian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like that, because um, it, especially the, it's not cut over to the sunset. Yeah, oh, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Sometimes you just you know, if you're making a movie, you have to use the medium of the visuals versus you know just show don't tell, and it's just right. one of those examples where it just it just works way better to not even have dialogue there, just to have the visuals and the music, and it just works perfectly. Taking the sound out of movies, it's a good option sometimes. Let's talk about the uh, soundtrack and score. Okay. What are your thoughts about this? Um, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Nothing really popped out to me, honestly. I I have listened to it through several times, and I do enjoy it. Um, I think the track on there that I like the most, what well, kind of has like, it kind of has this kind of reoccurring theme. That kind mm-hmm. of is play, and it's kind of in several of them. But I really like the track "New Ian." 
it's kind of the music that's playing when he's like writing down okay i, I want to be more like that i want to be bold mm-hmm. i want to learn how to drive i want to you know all this stuff things make new friends you know that kind of stuff um the the music playing there i think is really good as far as the score what what's that instrument that does the yeah is that a mandolin yeah i'm not sure because i it's some kind of string strings kind of instrument mm-hmm. I'm, i don't know if it's guitar or if it's mandolin but yeah uh and i, and I kind of like some of the like the 80s kind of rock kind of interludes <laughs> yeah. it has in between a few spots um but yeah what what did you think about the music i just didn't care for it that much there's one song in the actual soundtrack and it's not that good it's that's a bittersweet sounding song it's not really like yeah. hype and it's not really happy yeah and it's it's kind of a mixture of happy and sad and i just it's not a memorable song mm-hmm. plus brandy carlisle's voice really grinds my gears <laughs> i i like it and i think it i mean it, it i think it really works for the ending now if they had put this movie yeah. I mean, the song in the, like at the beginning to try and get you like excited about the movie, then no, or some, some point yeah, in yeah. between in the middle. Um, if the movie had just slowed down to like some slow ballad song in the middle and you just see Ian walking around all sad, like I wouldn't have enjoyed that. <laughs> but um, as far I as like, Jesse's song worked out pretty good. Not for me. I cringe at that scene. <laughs> so sad. It is very long and it's sad. I, you, just can't, you just can't listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song like that. <laughs> Without adopting a puppy. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think it works for the credits. You know, it works as the credit song. Yeah. It, 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 but that's the only song. Yeah. I think the music works really good for the movie. I don't think any of it really stands out as far as like, I want to listen to this outside of the movie. But I think it And I don't it really necessarily works. think I could name the movie uh-huh. from listening to any of the songs except for new ian yeah probably but it's all very that very generic that. um the composers for this are um michael and michael. jeff dana or dana mm-hmm. um i don't i mean they've done plenty of things i don't think they've really worked on pixar movies though so this is kind of a first outing for them yeah they um, did a dog's way home do I see Surf's Up? Wow. They did Storks? They've done other... They did... Oh, no, they did The Good Dinosaur. Well, Surf's... Oh, okay, I missed that one. So did <laughs> Another <everybody> forgettable <laughs> Pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, we watched The Good Dinosaur. We thought it was okay. It was I loved of... it. It's a Pixar movie, but it's still forgettable. It had Steve Zahn on it, and he's he's one of our, like low-key favorite actors favorites yeah <laughs> surf's up though that was such still better than still better than cars 2 surf's up was such like a soundtrack songs pop songs soundtrack heavy heavy yeah. than than the score i don't really remember the score but um he's done a lot of just random stuff not very good mm-hmm. camelot series time traveler's wife yeah yeah not really not really focused in on on kids films or like animation or anything either. But yeah, there's just not much to say about the soundtrack or, or the score. Yeah. It's kind of worst part about the movie in my opinion. <laughs> the worst part. Yeah. I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, so that should be the worst I mean, part. You don't think the score works for the movie though? Like not, not, not just listening to it on its own. Like 
it works for the movie. It's not memorable. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think it, it provides the right the right background music, the right emotions for the scenes and everything. Because yeah, the the dialogue is so strong anyways, so you don't really need yeah. heavy music to tell the story. Because I mean if the music didn't work, the ending wouldn't really work as well. I think I think the music at the end really helps sell that scene, you know. Yeah. But yeah. um like we've said, it outside of the movie itself, it's probably not something you're gonna be like listening to over and over again. You need Randy Newman for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true or phil collins yeah let's move on to foods i'm curious to what you're what you're gonna say for this senate for this segment there's not many foods in this movie um mouth-watering animated foods let's see the only thing that comes to mind for me really as any food that gets a lot of screen time at least is the big cheeto okay yeah um i thought that was cool not not the regular Cheetos, just the big one. <laughs> Don't tell me you didn't want to sink your teeth into that. <laughs> Barley did. He was eating it while they were riding it. <laughs> um, but other than that was like his cereal and toast that got spilled on the floor. <laughs> okay. At the beginning. What about you? I, so, well, I was curious what you're going to say about this one, because I think I got a good one. Oh, yeah? Uh, but anyway, at first I was thinking, well, okay, there's the scene in the tavern and they've got the burgers and the mozzarella sticks. I was like, oh, the, mm-hmm. the, I guess that's what I'll suggest. I don't know. But then I thought of the gelatinous cube. Ooh. Now, you have to pick out, like, the bones of dead people in it, but it looked like a solid acidity. <laughs> it looked tasty. Low-key, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you don't mind your tongue being dis- dissolved, disintegrated. <laughs> I like that. It looked, it looked pretty tasty. Lime jello. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I bet you they have onward, uh, onward characters on Jello products right now in the grocery store. Possibly, yeah. Unless it was marketed wrong. Listen out, <laughs> gelatinous cube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I did not think about that. That's a good one. I, I but I'm still gonna have to stick with the big Cheeto because that mm-hmm. that looks really good. Yeah, all the texture. It on doesn't it. have like dead bodies in it and stuff. And that's it's true. not gonna kill you. It's just if you touch a... it. But it'd be tempting. It'd be tempting. <laughs> I'm sure if you ate the entire big Cheeto, it would kill you. Oh yeah. So so yeah, that's that's my pick. But good choice. Um, Pixar Easter eggs. Did you find any Easter eggs in this movie? I don't really pay attention because to that I found too much. An amazing one. Um, you, I, I usually look out for the A A one one three number, whatever in all the A1, movies. A one thirteen. A one thirteen. Whatever that one is. Yeah. So we should probably explain that if people haven't. People don't understand. Yeah, go all for these. it. So in each in each Pixar film, there's a specific same type of Easter egg, and an Easter egg is some some little hint from another movie or like an inside joke for the studio. Um, in Pixar, they have like three or four reoccurring ones in every single film. There's the A one one A one thirteen number that's put into a movie, and that's just from um that's the classroom number from what's this college i don't really remember i want to say maybe usc or something like that but it's the classroom animation classroom from usc that a lot of the animators in today's movies in today's movie industry studied in and like like drop some names (laughs) i really don't know it's not just pixar though 
Yeah, I know it's not just but it's it's just a college classroom that they that and they put that number on various things. I think it was like on a license plate in one of the Toy Story movies or Mm -hmm. kind of things. And they have speaking of Toy Story, the other Easter egg that they have is um, the Pizza Planet truck that's hidden in almost every single film. I didn't see it in this one. Did you see it? Uh, No, I think I didn't pay attention to it. Okay, I, I looked into it, and it was in the scene where the the toll trolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just in the background of it. Okay, which that was a great scene. I love that because <laughs> the toll workers were actually trolls. <laughs> um, but they have that, and then the Luxo Ball, which was originally put in. Was it in Bugs Life? I know it's from Toy Story mainly. It was in Andy's room. I would say Toy Story. It may have even been in one of their it may have even been in one of their short films. Yeah. So the Luxo Ball was one of the first ever pieces of animation made by Pixar. Um so they put it I think they did put it in a short film. Um but it made its I think it made its debut in Toy Story. Um but it's a cool looking little rubber ball. Um they put that in about every movie. And then the last major Easter egg that is in every single Pixar film is a hint for the next film coming up. Yes. So in Monsters Inc. and Boo's room, they had a lot of the toys from the Pixar universe, like uh, Jesse and all that. But they also had Finding. The, they also had Nemo, a toy of like a stuffed animal Nemo. Mm-hmm. And at that time, that Monsters Inc. had come out, Finding Nemo wasn't out. Right. Yeah. So, but nobody knew it was the that was the next thing until. Uh, till Finding Nemo came out. I'm babbling. Um, but in this case, the last movie that came out was Toy Story 4. And the Easter egg for Onward in Toy Story 4 was on in the carnival scene of the uh, on one of the circus tents, they had a Pegasus painted on it. Okay. And it's, it's just something that it makes you go back and rewatch it. And the, the Pegasus that was painted on, on his van? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, did you did you see what the Easter egg was for the next movie for Soul in this one? I did not. There's a video about it. I did see that. I do know where that one is. Go ahead and say it. Um, it may have been like a Super Carlin Brothers video that pointed it out, or Seamus Gorman. I don't yep. remember, but um, at the scene at the beginning of the movie when Ian's like trying to eat that bowl of cereal, and the officer mm-hmm. comes in, the uh, well, like their mom's boyfriend or whatever the officer comes in yeah and he goes yeah he comes in and sits down at the table and there's like a shelf um in the background with like some vinyl records on it and there's some Mm -hmm. jazz records of and it's got a character's name i don't recall the character's name but it's got a character from the upcoming movie soul it's one of their like vinyl records and that's the hint for the next one but interesting all right well cool i'll have to watch that a third time i guess yeah. <laughs> but that i mean it's it's a good it's a good ploy to get everybody to rewatch their the movies that just came out oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah as for plot holes i didn't really find much um i just noticed that there's no way his mom would have looked into the gift um that their dad left him even if their dad died yeah yeah she's like I, and there's no way she didn't know that he was a wizard they were married. <laughs> well, I think it was, they explained it as in like, it's something he looked into after he got sick. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so he wasn't a wizard. He was just in. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of because she, right. she there's a line where it's like, she, I don't know, your father got into some weird stuff after he got sick or something like that. <laughs> um, but I did have the thought of, well, I mean, wouldn't she have peeked at it? <laughs> all these she should have. I would have. Man. I would have been curious. Maybe she was just like, that's a, it's just a walking stick. Well, because it wasn't like wrapped up in a back. It was just like wrapped up in like a blanket. Right. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it's not like she would have had to put the the paper on there and all this stuff again. Like <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't wrapped up tightly like a Nimbus 2000. I assume they didn't move houses or else she would have had to, <laughs> yeah. you know, take that somewhere else. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, that was a thought that I had. That's all the plot holes that I have. Um, nothing too substantial. Um, so we'll just move on to our kid reviews. So anyways, John, since we didn't grow up with this movie, let's go ask someone who did and is now currently a kid. And that would be our nephew, Lawrence. Lawrence, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Welcome to your first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is your first step into a larger world. <laughs> Fine with me. Just some introduction questions, Lawrence. Um, let the audience get to know you a little bit before we get into Onward. Um, I have a couple questions for you. Um, let's start out by asking, do you remember the first movie? What's, what's the first movie you've ever remember watching? Barney or Blue's Clues? No, no, a movie, <laughs> not a TV show. Uh, um... Here, here's another question. What, what was the first movie you remember seeing in the movie theaters Ooh. that you remember? The first one? I yeah. know exactly the first one. All right, what is um, it? It was one of the Kung Fu Pandas. Okay. It was um, the one with the guy with the big horns. It was a bull. I've only seen the first one, but... Kadoosh. I think it was... I think it was... Um, <laughs> I think it was Kung Fu Panda one. 3, yeah. Yeah. That's the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Yeah? Had you seen the first two Kung Fu Pandas? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> All right, and Lawrence, you're nine. You're nine years old, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> how do you like being a kid? I like it. Yeah? Well, that's good. Are you, do you wish you were a little bit younger or a little bit older? Honestly, a little bit older. Yeah, everybody feels like that until they... Until they get there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, there's a certain point, there's a certain age you get to whenever you wish. Oh, I wish I was a little bit younger. I think I've passed that point. <laughs> yeah, right around 23, 22. Yeah. You get to that point. <laughs> How many times have you seen Onward since it came out on Disney Plus a few weeks ago? Like, uh, five, six, or seven times around that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> This came out in I think February, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> so you're definitely a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Lawrence, this movie has a lot of mythical creatures in it. So if you were to choose, if you could be any animal or mythical creature, what would it be? In that movie or in general? How about in the movie? We'll be more specific. In the movie, okay. So we're talking elves, gnomes, manticore, unicorns. <laughs> P- pixies. Pixies. 
Centaur. Um. Do you want to be half horse, half man? That'd be funny. No, I do not want to be a centaur. <laughs> I'll be an elf. You, of course, you I would. I would go for elf. It's a good choice. I mean, they're they're pretty much like the human. They are, yeah. Characters in the world, so just kind of you gotta live a normal life. Okay, so Lawrence, I'm told now. I'm told that you have a short movie review for us. You want to pull that um, out? It's uh, it's one sentence, but <laughs> I I have some things to talk about other than uh, other than this one sentence. Perfect. If you if you ask me about anything else, I probably have it on here. All right. He's got some uh, some show show prep skills. Where to go? Podcast. All right. So, so go ahead and read us a review. Honest, honestly, I think it was a great family movie. It, yeah, great to watch with your family. And two thumbs up. Perfect. Yeah, two thumbs up, basically. So, how would you how would you rank this over other Pixar movies? I think I like it just as much as um, a little bit more than Toy Story. What? <laughs> Hot take. Like an just a centimeter more than Toy Story. Just a centimeter. Oh. Wow. Just a centimeter. Only because it's mythical. If it if if this movie was not mythical, it would probably be below um below Toy Story. But it's mythical, magical creatures, ton of magic. It's like a quarter. It's like a teensy bit above Toy Story. <laughs> Nice. All right. Um, can't say I agree with you there, but you know what? To each his own. Oh man, it's still great, but it's great. Yeah, I think we put the we put the Toy Story movies up a little bit higher. <laughs> it's hard to at least two more centimeters above onward. What's your favorite movie overall? Right now, for the time being, it's Avengers Endgame. <laughs> oh, okay. You just watched it Endgame like this morning, right? I finished it this morning. <laughs> yeah. So now it's your favorite movie. So, so yes. if we had if we had asked you yesterday, what would your favorite movie have been? Yeah. Yesterday? Infinity you would have <laughs> asked me yesterday, like daytime or nighttime, because you have to be specific. <laughs> daytime. <laughs> daytime be that that would be before I watched Infinity War. Oh. So it would be Black Panther. Black Panther. Okay, good choice. So you'd you'd probably say Marvel is your favorite movie series right now. Um, currently, yes. Yeah. I do love Pixar though. I still I still got Pixar pretty high up. Yeah. Us Marvel too. is just below Pixar. No, Marvel is just above Pixar. It's I I still love Pixar just as much as Marvel. So Great. you said that this is a little bit higher than Toy Story in your book. But is there anything above this movie in Pixar? We just assumed because Toy Story is the best. <laughs> um, is this your number one Pixar film? Unless they make a new one that's really, really good for now, yes. So the best movie is the new movie, basically. Yes. <laughs> what other? What else did you have written down that you wanted to talk about? Um, you wanted uh, to talk about the characters some? The actors and the Easter eggs. Okay. Yeah, so what what were some of your favorites that you noticed in the movie? Um So when they were in the gas station, um their the half part the sewn on half part of their dad. Uh 
it it um bumped into one of the other pixies and one of them got mad they were holding triple dent gum and they threw it across the room so it's an east inside out easter egg a triple it was triple dent that was an east that was an inside out yeah I, i didn't actually remember that one yeah i think we uh earlier we mentioned how we me and jeremy had only seen inside out one time so i'm not that familiar with it i did know they've used triple dent and other things that's like a pixar yeah. brand mm-hmm. kind of like uh by and large and you know dynaco mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely dynaco what what else did you did you notice um i did also notice um can i say two things yeah um, I did also notice that um, um, Chris Pratt is in Infinity War and Endgame, so and he has a gauntlet with colorful dots on the gauntlet, kind of like Thanos, um, the and like the Infinity Stones on the gaunt- on the gauntlet. He does. Yeah. What, which part was that in? If it. Uh, all parts showing, like, basically all parts he has his coat coat on, so all parts mm-hmm. showing him. You mean so barley like or you have to look Barley, barley, yeah. Oh. He has a coat? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's his... He's got, like, um, a jacket with patches sewn on it. I'm looking up a picture of Barley. There's not... I don't... I couldn't find a good picture of it online, but I think Cause it's... Because it's, it's all kind of like... He does oh, have a gauntlet on. F- mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I cool. still proved my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was there any scenes that you didn't like in this movie? I mean, you watched it. You watched it five, six, seven times. So, was there a scene that when it came on, you're like, "Oh, I kind of want to skip this part," but you didn't. One that really weirded me out was um, when Ian, Ian's face when he um, when he just figures out that he got a wand with uh, he got like something from his dad it it just kind of weirds me out the face that he makes yeah why is that it it's not a normal face you're used to seeing and it's it it's honestly pretty weird to me it's like a weird face is it that face that i see on a lot of like thumbnails for youtube videos I feel like I've seen it a few times. I, I haven't. I, if we're picturing the same face. Interesting. I've only seen it in that movie. Next time I see Tom Holland, I'll tell him you don't like his face. No, stop it. That was the, <laughs> that was the animator. Tell the animator I don't like that face that he made. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lawrence, was there anything else that you want to say about the movie? Any final thoughts? No, not really. Okay. But um, there was another... Easter egg type of thing. Okay. Um, you know how Barley plays the role playing game Quests of Yore. Yes. It's kind of like the role playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, that's true. Have you ever played that? Uh, no, but I, one of my dad's friends, and technically he's my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does. <laughs> cool. Yeah, me and I haven't played. You haven't I, either. No, right? I've never played. Yeah. So. I haven't played. My dad never really got into Dungeons and Dragons, so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an acquired taste. Well, that was cool. Pretty interesting takes from a nine-year-old. Yes. Good job. Thank you for writing that uh, critics review for us and giving us your thoughts on the movie because this movie didn't come out when we were kids, so (laughs) we're not biased towards it. (laughs) (laughs) We see things a little bit differently now that we're adults. So, Mm. All right, Lawrence. Well, we'll see you next time. Maybe next time we review a new movie, we'll have you on again to give us your thoughts about it, okay? Okay. All right. Till next time. Till next time. We'll see See you, bud. See ya. See ya, Uncle Jeremy. Well, Jeremy, as we kind of come near to the end, I wanted to ask if you had any takeaways from this movie. Lessons learned? I sure did. Um, More from like the beginning of the movie rather than the end. Okay. So definitely use what you have with you at the time. That was a major theme throughout the entire movie, with especially with the magic. He was learning the magic, and like the gas can scene, um, Barley was reminding him, "Like, only you work with what you've got, mm-hmm. then you'll always succeed." And that that was cool. Um, but then that also worked with like, work with what you've got. You don't have a dad, so your brother will be your dad. Mm-hmm. Share those memories with him. Yeah. And I just, I just think work working with what you have. Work with working with what you've got is a solid thing to understand. Um, another thing is from the beginning of the movie. Um, always, I mean, just be like Ian. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Be bold. Seek discomfort. Put yourself in situations of growth and not comfort. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're in a safe zone, you're not going to be. You're not going to grow. Yeah. Mentally, anything. You'll you'll thank yourself later if you put yourself in uncomfortable situations. That's for the better. Mm-hmm. But that's all I've got for takeaways. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I kind of wrote that that kind of same sentiment down. Recognizing what you have before it's gone, not not just mm-hmm. mourning what you've lost. The other one I kind of wrote wrote down was the the movie kind of has a kind of interesting commentary on technology, like nature versus mm-hmm. technology kind of thing. And the first, like, um, kind of just straightforward interpretation of that is, oh, like, you know, oh, we just look at our phones and stuff like that, and we're not present with each other anymore. You know, mm-hmm. the magic is gone, so to speak, literally and <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. You know, that we're, relationships we're, aren't we're giving the same. up the way things things have been you know, uh, things that are kind of more natural to us for things that are more artificial, you know, with technology and things like that. Um, yeah, sure. But at the end, sure. Uh, but it, it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily goes all the way because in the end, they don't really like the, um, you know, they don't just abandon all the technology and all the city and infrastructure and everything. It's just, it's like, we're going to use magic and we're going to use these things. But, you know, they kind of do show how, like, the officer, you know, instead of driving his car, he's going to start running now. Mm-hmm. You know, the pixies, they, they learn to use their wings and stuff like that in the manticore. It's kind of like a returning to how things, I don't know, nature have been. <laughs> yeah. um, I just thought that was kind of an interesting um, commentary, I guess, that it had on the movie. I thought was pretty interesting and I, I kind of enjoyed, but 
it wasn't like in your face or anything like that but right they kind of dropped off that theme mm-hmm. um as soon as the story mm-hmm. started it was but it, it's still there it was kind of basically more of like this is the setup of how things got to be this way versus yeah this is the origin you know, story yeah <laughs> and, and i thought it was interesting another thing because like obviously when you talk about plot holes in movies you think about like oh why didn't they just call someone you know but this movie specifically mm-hmm. showed like ian break his phone and he just leaves it at his house right i don't know why yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why if, if barley didn't have one <laughs> but i thought that was at least that was something to kind of explain like um you know we're going on an adventure we're leaving the phones at home and mm-hmm. i think that was his yeah. thing yeah, definitely not lazy writing for this. And if there was lazy writing, this would be my least favorite film because mm-hmm. it was just it, the opportunity was there, but they definitely set it up for success, especially with like the uh, the gas station scene mm-hmm. where Tiny, <laughs> I love Tiny Barley. Oh, he's yeah. a mood, <laughs> good character. Um, but when he knocked over the the cheese puffs, and he was like, "What? I'm getting a snack." That was like perfect. Mm-hmm. Because then they use that later. And they use the splinters later, you know? Yeah, I thought the movie did... It, it's very subtle. It, like, sets everything up. Everything is kind of explained in, in the story. <laughs> Every little tiny scene has a purpose. It's kind of like a master class in, like, screenwriting. <laughs> yeah, it really, really uh, is. And you kind of take it at kind of like a shallow approach as far as when you're watching it and you think there's not much significance to the things. But when you mm-hmm. think about how they ended up you know, where they're at or how they were able to get out of a situation. It's all been set up previously. So round of applause. <laughs> Sweet. So, uh, you have any favorite quotes from this movie at all? Not really. <laughs> I, I'm trying, I don't I thought... really remember that many lines from it as far as like standout quotes. There's three things that weren't like funny quotes, but there's three quotes that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was the, uh, it was more of a serious thing. It just kind of set up their personalities mm-hmm. when the mom was saying, one of them's scared of everything and the other one isn't scared of anything. Yeah. It's like a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I liked that a lot. Um, another thing is I'm a huge fan of when people say the title of the movie in the movie. Ah. <laughs> and whenever Barley said, put it in O for onward, mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> now we're cooking with peanut oil. <laughs> now we're cooking peanut oil and then there's another quote which i wish was there that would have been so great um it's a potential quote like if i was writing i would put this joke in there but you it's, it'd only be if disney owned harry potter okay whenever he was learning aloft elevar mm-hmm. the elevation elevating spell yeah levitation spell um i was hoping like barley would come out and say no you're saying it wrong it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> that would have been great. A loft elevator. <laughs> yeah, do you have any final thoughts on this movie, Jonathan? Well, I I really enjoyed it. I do think it's one of the better Pixar movies they've done in recent years. Um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed. I I didn't really mention earlier, but it 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 has kind of a Indiana Jones vibe kind of to it, where they you yeah. know it's they're they're just trying to get a certain item. You know, MacGuffin, the Phoenix Gym. Right. And they're going from one place. It's, it's, it's on an adventure, on a quest. And I, I really like that kind of, that kind of, those kind of movies. So, And instead of the, uh, 
the big boulder in from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's the g- giant gelatinous yeah, cube. Yeah, there was there were several, I think, kind of homages to it in the movie. That was one of them mm-hmm. going through that that booby trap kind of hallway. Just no time, get your shield. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, sliding under the door. Um, you know, the spears coming across at them while they're trying to, you know, make get the right steps. Um, even yeah. in that scene where they're trying to cross the bridge and he has to step out onto it, you know, and there's no, he doesn't see the bridge there. Um, true. That's another the, one. That's, uh, um, last crusade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leap of faith. Yeah. So, wow. Um, so this is just Pixar, Indiana Jones. That's what in we're a way, saying. Yeah. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. And I, and really with these times when everyone's, you know, stuck at home, it's really, you know, a great movie to. Go on. It's good to have an adventure on your couch. Yeah, (laughs) I Uh, agree with that. That's good. That's that's kind of my thoughts on it. And it made me tear up a little bit. (laughs) Same here. Not with uh, Indiana Jones though. I have a couple final thoughts. Um, one thing I caught on was before the cop said, "Oh, he's that." There goes that history buff. I was like, you know what? Barley isn't really a geek. He's just a history buff. He's a, he's just a nerd for history. Yeah, sure. Because that's their actual real life. I caught that way before. I just want to go on the record saying I caught that before the cop made the joke about it. So, <laughs> um, also noticed that the pixies were eating pixie sticks oh. or the sprites or whatever they're called. Thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> I thought the pixies were the weakest part of this movie. I guess it, they were so they annoying were to me. Annoying. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> that's the part of the movie that I was like I wasn't enjoying rewatching, but. <laughs> but it does have a it yeah. does have a you know a bigger role to play as far as other events in the movie. So I caught on to this one thing, one little tidbit of symbolism is when at the beginning of the movie when the stepdad walks in and disrupts everything, like from the soul Easter egg. Yeah. He knocks over the fridge basically and like the coffee table and stuff. Cause he's just he's a centaur. Yeah. He's just a whole horse in your whole kitchen. Um I thought that was cool symbolism for like the rough transitions of a stepdad entering your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. Um, not everybody would pick up on that, but I did. Um, a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. The last thing I wanted to say was they really, really had good dialogue in this movie. Um, not just like the jokes or anything, just like whenever the arguments between Barley and Ian were so real yeah. in conversation. Like the conversations were so real. It wasn't just like one-off lines and it was just like a normal adventure, you know, mm-hmm. like they resolved their argument with a re- reasonably resolved their arguments. Yeah. But they also said what needed to happen is very, very wholesome. Um, resolutions to their arguments, and that's all I just want to say. Mm-hmm. It's the communication and interaction between the two brothers are like genuine to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a non-confrontational person, mm-hmm. I can relate to Ian. Yeah, like when he's when he can't straight up tell his brother that he's a screw up. Not that I don't think you're a screw up. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just well, I was gonna say, you know, we. We we really didn't touch on the aspect of like the brothers aspect of this movie and and things like that. Um, I I don't think that me and you, as far as our relationship, doesn't really match this really. Mm-hmm. I think we're both more of the maybe the Ian 
than the barley. I'd say so, yeah. I'd say so. But um, my, I, I say my personality minus the Dungeons and Dragons stuff is more of barley. Yeah, but I don't know. But as far as the artwork goes, you're the barley. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of our artwork, I'm very happy to announce that we have our artwork that is completely done, and we weren't. We had a slight vision for it, um, but our friend Bryce Bridgman ended up doing the uh, album artwork for us, and he knocked it out of the park. I kind of gave him the the blueprints for it, and he just took and ran with it. Um, <laughs> and when you say album yeah. artwork, you mean the podcast show art? Not al- yes, podcast <laughs> show art. Sure. We're not releasing an album yet. <laughs> yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> No, but uh, he Bryce really knocked it out of the park. I just want to shout out to him at Captain Cool Guy C A P N C O O L G U I. Yes, much appreciated, Bryce. We love you. Give him a follow. He's someday we'll have him on the on the podcast. Um, But if you didn't notice, our cover is sort of reminiscent to the Onward cover. Instead of the VHS tape, it's the van. You know, Um, the colors are all the same except. We're not blue. (laughs) Um, Instead of the mountain, it's like the Disney castle in the back. There's just so many Easter eggs in our actual cover art. And I just wanted to say thanks to Bryce for it because we didn't, he really knocked it out of the park for us. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do. You probably won't because we love it way more than you do. And that'll never be. (laughs) You will try. (laughs) You will try. Well, Jeremy. It's been a great episode. Why don't you tell the people at home where they can find us? So since we we just recently released this podcast, so uh, right now, as of right now, we only have an Instagram account and we have an email address. Email address is insidequotescast at gmail.com. So if you want to hop on over to Instagram and give us a follow, you can find us at insidequotescast, all one word. Um, so yeah, that mean that would just mean the world to us if you could just give us a follow and I don't know, maybe comment on some of our posts when we post something. When we post something, uh, <laughs> what do you have for next week, Jonathan? <laughs> well, Jeremy, one thing I like to do at the grocery store is take a stroll through the international food section. Quite tasty, <laughs> and I always like to see what kind of other you know candies and things they have over there and. One of my favorite things to get from that section. It's a good old jammy dodger. Like the raspberry cookie? Yep. Huh. And that's just going to be our hint for the movie that we're going to be reviewing next week. Raspberry jammy. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So tune in next week when we move onward to our next film. (laughs) We'll see you guys. Oh boy. Check for now.